Hello and welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're at home, on your way to work, or at the gym, we hope you enjoy this episode. And a special welcome to our Crux Club Early Access members. You can learn more about that at crux-club.com. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to CruxCast. We are here for our weekly catch-up with Justin Hume, the Uranium Insider. Justin, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Matt. How about yourself? I'm good, but... I'm not burning my house down like you guys seem to be. What's going on over there? You guys are going nuts. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, most major cities in the U.S. are having some form of protesting or rioting right now. It's just really wild. Yeah, the pictures don't look good. The pictures don't look good. We were kind of um, no. getting the sense that the sort of the mood of the nation is is not very good. Um, we talked last week about, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans being sort of, you know, opposite polar ends of the uh, scale. You, you talked about being, um, what, what, did you, what did you call yourself last week? An antagonist? Or you, you called yourself something else? I can't oh, anarchist. Remember. Anarchist, anarchist. No, not you, any longer. You weren't on the streets. And, and, and No, never. No, I I said an intellectual anarchist, but that that phase has passed. I'm definitely more of a more of a conservative thinker at this point. But now it's so that you know I'm I'm sure that everybody has heard even globally at this point there was a African American guy in in Minneapolis who was who was killed by a police officer just like in a really gnarly way just on camera and, and there's been he's since been arrested so we'll see how that goes but there's been protests all over the all over the nation <clears throat> or police brutality protests and and but what we're seeing now is there's there's these peaceful protests that are happening but then you have kind of this radical left-wing antifa group that's rioting and looting and and giving the whole protest movement kind of this bad this bad name so i don't know how clear that is for people around the world watching this but <clears throat> there's there's people that are obviously just protesting police brutality as they should and, and ironically just, giving the police yeah. the platform with which to demonstrate the brutality we've, we've seen over here that seems yeah. to have been coming yeah. back and we're seeing a lot of the antifista is that right they antifa, um, antifa sorry sorry short term anti-fascist but it's Go basically ahead. just radical extreme radical left that right. wants to end capitalism by destroying property and whatnot doesn't look good justin it really doesn't look good yeah um you know protesting is one thing rioting is another and i think there seems to be a whole sort of um political uh, message running through there running up to the election so look, I, I i wish you guys well hope that goes well um we we've not yeah. seen anything like that over here thankfully i think we we, we tend yeah. to uh, just generally get irritated and, and, and tut quietly in a queue so um, <laughs> hopefully that continues. <laughs> but yeah, like, <laughs> I, I just it's 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 a serious matter. But um, to right. which to which the Europeans you know are slightly amused and bewildered. But um, yeah, stay safe yeah. is the message. But look, it's been another yeah. wonderful week in the world of uranium in terms of messages, in terms of sentiment in the market, and it's 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 hard to know where to start um but i have to say i think the the big thing for me this week was the eia uranium marketing annual report numbers 
because I thought that people well, they were they were, they were a little bit um, perplexed, a little bit nervous, and they didn't see it coming. Not not even the, the the great and the good struggled with it, and there was a lot of commentary post the event, but it's not something that people f- uh, forecasted. So, what was your take on the numbers? Um, I was surprised, honestly, at, at the first just the overall numbers. I was expecting them to be lower, um, and mainly mainly as a way to sort of justify the relatively flat market for the for the 2019 year. <clears throat> so, you know, the assumption was that utilities were drawing down inventories because the purchasing was was seemingly lacking, at least in the spot market. Um, and I think that's a, a, a an overall vague statement and assumption that actually digging into the numbers was still pretty true. Um, we did see the overall inventory numbers between uh, utilities um, and uh, producers um, uh, come down slightly, but the the numbers slightly rose uh, on the side of the utilities. And so what we had happen is um, the UF6 numbers, the EUP numbers did in fact draw down um, a, a decent drop in both of those numbers, but we saw U308 inventories slightly rise and we saw fabricated fuel rise by almost 50%. So you really kind of have to dig into the numbers a little bit to get a more clear picture. And I kind of see the overall situation is not necessarily bullish or bearish. If anything, I would say it's slightly bullish simply because um, we did have a couple of utilities that were intelligently procuring uranium last year. So we had and, and you can't get this information from the report. This is kind of coming from some contacts of mine that did a little bit of digging into, into 10Ks for the utilities. And, and so a number of utilities actually did significantly draw down their inventories, including U308 inventories. But there was one large utility, one small utility that, that did some pretty substantial spot buying that more than offset the drawdowns. <clears throat> so there were at least a couple of smart players out there that were accumulating pounds in the 20s throughout 2019 that were offsetting the drawdown of the rest of the industry. And as far as fabricated fuel goes, 2020 is a big year for uh, for refueling. So the majority of the, the reactors in the states will have already or will refuel um, in 2020. And so that's how you saw those numbers come up for fabricated fuel for 2019, which also sort of offset the drawdowns and brought the overall number to just a slight a slight lowering in inventory. Um, one more thing on the U308 front though, is that in July, 2018, uh, Cameco announced the MacArthur shutdown, uh, the care and maintenance of MacArthur River, the largest uranium mine in the world. And we all already know this if we've been following the sector for a while, but I always kind of forget to sort of speak to the people that are new to the sector as well. <laughs> uh, but what happened when that mine was announced that it would be shut down, is there was a there was a, a huge influx of spot purchasing of U three hundred eight after that announcement, and so in order for for a U three hundred eight purchase to qualify as a spot market purchase, it has deliveries up to twelve months, and so this was happening July, August, September, and you know the months following that announcement, much of those deliveries didn't even happen until twenty nineteen which affected those numbers. So we saw the U308 price rise in the second half of 2018, 
but we didn't actually see the inventory numbers adjust until 2019. So that goes kind of a long way to explain um, the rising numbers in U308 inventory from that report. Mm. But overall, overall, I think that um, I think that we've kind of reached a floor for for inventories. If we look at uncovered requirements for U.S. utilities going forward, they're, they're slowly rising over the coming years, and then kind of steeply rising once we get out around 2025, where 2025 and beyond, there's essentially no no covered um, uranium contracts for the most part. So I, I think we're kind of at a floor for those inventories and uh, should be interesting going forward here. I I was kind of stunned that no one saw this coming. No one saw this coming. And I, I, I wonder why. I mean, I mean, sorry, first of all, did you see it coming? Let's start with that. I expected the U three hundred eight numbers to be lower. Yeah, I think that's gen I, general I, consensus for sure. Right? By the by, by the great really, and the good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think most people were kind of surprised. There were a few people that called it, but um, you know, if you actually if you consider the fabricated fuel numbers and you kind of take those out of the out of the the calculation, especially if you were to consider the twenty eighteen purchases as twenty nineteen delivery, we did have a drawdown as expected. It was an overall. It was a destocking year. <clears throat> I, I I I thought it was interesting that very few people. Well, I've not met anyone or spoken to anyone who who called it. Not until mm-hmm. after after the event, anyway. Um, there's always a few of those, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> yeah, you know, like myself, obviously. I knew never. I, I had no clue. And um, you know, when 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 you look at the UXC or Trade Tech reports, and they're talking about long term price. Um, maybe in 2022 hitting 40 bucks, and we, you know, we, you know, when you, when you talk to people like Encore, the little sheriff who we talked about last week, when you when you talk to Deep Yellow, um, you know, they would they would play that story out, and they, they're reliant on their their strategy is reliant on that being the case. Uh, you know, we've had people in, you know challenge us about just how intelligent are these utility bars if they're not already buying today, and I, th- I think mm-hmm. therein we saw the answer. You know, so, some utilities who needed to went and bought quietly in the market um, mm-hmm. at the end of last year, and you've got to ask the question: the current, the ones who didn't, maybe they just didn't need to. Maybe they they do see what's happening in the marketplace. So it it's it's int- I just find I just find it fa- fascinating. This sort of, kind of di- uh, disconnect right. because you know a lot of market commentators ourselves you know yourself and you know, a lot of people have spoken to were saying the same thing a year ago right and it's mm-hmm. with, the, with the data available to them they were saying saying this I mean, not, not necessarily because they need it needed to but because they genuinely believed it um but yet again the market surprises us it's inc- i find it incredible it's 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 a absolutely fascinating space to be involved in um, right. Maybe not as a shareholder. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> if you've got a long, long-term view, maybe it's it, it's fine. We had the um, pleasure of talking to one of those this morning, um, long-term uh, uranium investor, retail investor, who was you know uh, invested during the last cycle, and he, he made seventeen times his money in the last cycle. Mm. I thought, I thought, that's, that's rather good. Um, that's rather good. Rather good, right? I, I nearly stood up and applauded when I heard that. It was, it was, it was super. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, 
you know, you've got people, people like that, people, you know, sophisticated fund managers, you know, market commentators, you know, we spring to a few this week, they just did not see this coming. So yet again, it, the market surprises us. So let's get on to what do you think it means for investors in uranium utilities? Look, there's, it's, it's an unbelievably complex market and there's so many moving parts that uh, we're all trying to kind of get a get a grip on any one of these elements at any given time and and try to understand exactly what's going on behind the curtain. And so, yes, did we get the 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 inventory report, the, the at least the U three hundred eight inventories by utilities wrong? Definitely, um, definitely got that wrong. But when you actually dig into the numbers, the overall assumption was still correct that utilities did and utilities and producers you know the the enrichers the fabricators the converters <clears throat> the miners um, they had a significant drawdown in their inventories and so the overall the overall story for 2019 was uh was destocking um with a couple of exemptions which were those those couple of utilities mainly one larger utility that did some very intelligent um quiet accumulation and the fabricated fuel numbers that threw everything off. And so, so really, you know, to, to, to miss one little piece of that, but still get the overall story on, uh, correct, um, doesn't really change anything for me. Um, the picture still remains, well, I shouldn't say it remains the same because everything is constantly in flux. <clears throat> but I would say, um, I think again, it's important to to look at psychology and the psychology of everyone that's in this market and, and investors specifically. And what we're, but the picture that we often try to paint is one of an impending emergency for uranium. And I don't think that that's the right way to look at things. Um, we're looking at these charts that show the uncovered requirements going forward. And yeah, they're quite shocking. Um, it's, it's obviously clear that US utilities and global utilities, including European utilities, although a little bit farther down the line, will need to procure fuel out into the out into the future and they'll need to do it soon. It's not necessarily an emergency. Uh, we're looking at the past market and we see the the spot price go from ten dollars to a hundred and thirty something dollars over the course of five years and expecting the same thing to happen. And I don't think that's a healthy way to go about this investment. I think that uh, looking at things realistically, <clears throat> we can see very clearly that the market is um, is moving in the right direction. We have the spot price up almost 40% from just a few months ago, and we have um, utilities needing to take some action pretty soon here. But we have a lot of overhanging um, elements still. And although we've cleared a few of those, one of those being kind of the 232 working group thing, we've mostly cleared through the uncertainty around that. Um, we have uh, the presidential election this year, which um, is kind of a big deal in this country. Um, we have, and globally, I suppose, when it comes to this market, we have the Russian suspension agreement that's still yet to be clarified that expires at the end of the year. Uh, news this past week about the Iran sanctions waivers being revoked. Oh boy, let's talk about that because I, I again, <laughs> it was like an yet another huge yes. message into the market. Yes. Um, 
in the uranium space. So this this was basically the Trump's administration um, talking about ending sanction waivers, which allows you know Russian, Chinese, French, uh, the British, the Germans to work on sensitive Iranian nuclear sites. Right. So right. That's a big deal. I think Pompeo wanted right. to do it. Uh, you know, a few months ago, um, he, he was blocked. Uh, this is a Obama. Uh, era style agreement and um, Pompeo got his way finally so th- that's going to have a big impact because you know the, these these I think also oh, I did I, I didn't I think I mentioned China as well no but so you've got the Chinese and the Russian uh, uh, Chinese and the Russians who are you know leading the way with regards to provision of whether it be SMRs or nuclear reactor build uh, across the world you've got the Chinese as big consumers um, of uranium and buyers of, of uranium, likewise, and building a huge fleet. And then you likewise, you've got the Russians, and I, I suspect a lot of Americans would say, and Russian-controlled states, who are big providers of uranium still to this day in, into mm-hmm. the United States. So that's it's a big move, big move. So do you, do you, how do you think the other countries are going to react? Um, and maybe let's start, actually, why do you think they they wanted to do this? What, what, what are they trying to achieve? Mm. I honestly think the, the main motivation here is just sort of uh, political positioning in an election year. I, I really think that this has, has more to do with playing political, you know, kind of quote-unquote Cold War sort of games with, with China, with Russia, um, posturing in, a, in an election year for the most part. Um, that's, I think that that's the primary motivation here. Um, I'm definitely not an expert on this subject. I have spoken with a couple of fuel buyers in the United States and they're, they're not really concerned about it at this point. Um, any, any utilities that were or are concerned about Russian supply when this, when the news of the waivers potentially being revoked first sort of hit last fall, there was a kind of a rush on, on EUP. Um, I don't know if you remember, there was kind of some pretty substantial spot volume right after that announcement that was primarily um, enriched uranium, which the Russian supply to the states is enriched uranium. It's not really U-308. So so most of the utilities that actually had or have a concern about Russian supply, they've already hedged. They've already kind of bought their their needs um, as far as that goes. Uh, so it's it's just it's a story to watch. It's very difficult to predict how things will play out. And I know that the waivers uh, the waivers that were revoked made an exception for uh, the the reactor in Iran, which is the I don't know how to pronounce it, Bushavir. Um, so any entities that are that are working with that particular reactor are going to be exempt from these uh, from the sanctions. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. I'm not making a prediction at this point that Russian supply is going to be cut off from the United States because of this announcement. I think that there's a lot of moving parts that's beyond my pay grade here, and we'll just have to see how it plays out. But we can see, you know, there was essentially zero reaction in the in the fuel market after that announcement, as there was last fall. So at least in the in the short term, in the near term, there doesn't seem to be any sort of panic on the part of the U.S. utilities based on that announcement. But I think the implications in Iran are huge. I think the 
again, we talked about maybe relation at the beginning of this call, you know, that it's not going to help relations between the US and Iran. It's not going to help relations between the US no. and China. China. And it's not no. going to help with uh, relations with Russia, who are already under some degree of sanctions themselves. Um, but, you know, I guess Agreed. none of that's new news. But for the yeah. Europeans, for the Germans and the French and the, and the British, that, you know, we'll, we'll put their nose out of joint. And, um, you know, it's not a, we're not talking huge sums of money. We're not talking many companies. We're not talking thousands of jobs or anything. So I don't think anyone's going to put up too much of a fight. But it's, it's um, yet again, being dictated to by the US um, about, you know, think decisions that they, as sovereign states, had, had made because, you know, they, they had you know, reluctantly triggered the dispute resolution mechanism um, on the Iran nuclear deal. Um, yeah. I don't think they wanted to, but they were sort of cornered, and I think now this decision um, even puts that at danger. So, like you say, maybe, maybe one to watch, and, and people smarter than, than us can um, interpret it for us, or, or we just sit back and sure. wait and see what the implications are. Yeah. Um, Okay. At the very least, it's a pretty, it's a substantial piece in overall basket of of uncertainties for, <laughs> for the uranium market. Standard issue, standard issue, Justin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. One piece that I quite liked was um, House Republicans introducing a measure that would speed up um, permitting for mine projects in the U.S. I thought I thought that was huge. I mean, obviously, we're talking uranium, and it, it, it's it, it's talking about a basket of. You know, commodities and, and minerals, um, and but for the U.S. utility guys, that must have been great news. Yet again, great news in terms of um, what that may uh, allow them to do. Um, I think we we talked in the past about you know energy fuels, for instance. You know, they, they had a, a small win this week uh, with regards to Canyon Mine, etc. So it's Trump is loosening the we call it red tape here. What, what do you guys call it? The administrative. Yeah, Back yeah, red tape, tape that okay. works. Okay, so there seems to be a real loosening, but but you know, not just talk, but actually making it happen, which I think was the great hope of the Republicans. Um, you know, in many ways, surprised it's taken this long. So, um, what, what was your reading on on that uh, move by the Republicans? Yeah, I mean, it's in line. It's in line with the uh, with the findings of the working group um, and the general uh, trajectory of the of the administration. Um, it's it's a definitely a positive thing for the U.S. miners, that's for sure. Um, so it's good to see. Um, it, it, yeah, then that coupled with the news from Energy Fuels that there was an environmental group that was um, uh, bidding to to keep the Canyon Mine closed, uh, their their mine in northern Arizona, uh, to keep that from operating, and that was overruled by a federal judge. So another uh, kind of regional win for that area. Um, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the red tape around mining is in the you know in the southwest in the United States in New Mexico and Arizona and Colorado, um, Utah, Wyoming seem to be pretty uh, pretty open to mining and not not a whole lot of regulations around it. But so to see that news in Arizona, that's positive along with the uh, with the uh, uh, Senate Republicans. Um, push for for loosening of the red tape. So it, it all, I mean, everything is looking very positive for the U.S. miners and the general direction of nuclear in the U.S. 
um, <clears throat> which is a shift from the past decade. So it's, it's good to see mm. there um, along those lines, there was a, a webinar on Friday. Yeah. Tell, the, tell uh, me about that. So, cause I, I'm, I missed it. That, that was from the office of nuclear or something or other, wasn't it? What was it? Who the was office that? of nuclear energy. There we mm -hmm. go. There we go. I yep. missed it. I will, I will watch it, but what was the denouement of that? Um, it was, I mean, the, the title of it was the Trump administration's strategy to re restore American nuclear energy leadership. And most of the rhetoric around this was in support of, um, of a, a resurgence of, of nuclear power in the States and a focus on the importance of uh, getting a seat at the table globally when it comes to exports. Um, it was, it was an interesting talk. I would say that overall it's, pretty phenomenal to hear this rhetoric but it, it really needs to be backed up with with serious money oh serious uh, money so far we've heard nothing serious nothing money. 150 million a year that's nothing so right. 150 million for the domestic purchases uh there's been i don't remember the exact numbers something like 90 million was thrown at research reactors recently for smrs uh maybe a bit more there, oh, i think there was something yeah. in the 200 million um right. for for similar uh, funded research in the states, and that's all great. That's all positive. It doesn't touch the sides, but, as we say here. It doesn't touch no, the sides. No. So, no. <laughs> but 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 uh, to your point, it's all very regular now. Positive statements about what they're going to do. Now, I I, yes. I ask people, and I, I it's fifty fifty. The response here is: Is this just rhetoric in an election year? because they need to start talking this language across multiple uh, sectors, which we're seeing in, across multiple sectors. They're, they're talking the language of you know, make America great again, um, you know, spending money on various verticals, um, protectionism, security, all of this good stuff. So, And, and that's resonating with, 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 with half the audience. And then, I'm, and then I'm, the other half of the people I speak to go, um, it's no, there's... there's, there's this is serious. They know it's not just talk. It's it's going to happen. So, which camp are yeah. you in? I'm in the second camp for sure. Um, but I also need need to see it followed up with with actual physical action and money uh, from the federal government. Mm -hmm. I mean, the action is there on the part of the research um, and, and the development of SMRs. I mean, that's that seems like it's firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, and part of that is 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 the federally funded research, but um, it's also uh, the university systems and and private companies are working on this stuff as well. So that's actually happening. As but it's far been, as the it's export been happening market goes, as well. it's, it, you know, this stuff doesn't, it's doesn't happen happening. overnight, right? So sure. this has been happening for sure. for years. But the, the point is, the funding component of it, you know, has been funded. Right. But to get a seat at the table, they need to be able to provide commercial solutions and sell yes. those com sell the, uh, I sell those uh, solutions into market in the face of competition from China and in the comp you know, competition from Russia which right. and again in it, we need to remember people walk into this industry need to know this is a very small you know pimple on the back of you know a very, very large industrial complex um, out there so it's it's right it's it, it really is in, insignificant in the scheme of things but it's sure. in in, in dollar terms but in terms of value and control different ball game because energy is important yes. 
and it gives people, you know, countries control of other yep. countries. So that's, I think, <coughs> the, the piece that people do need to understand here, that this is a, maybe you referred to earlier, geopolitical, it's a political mm-hmm. play, and they need to play it out on an international stage. So yep. that's why the, no- well the, the yep. noise is ramping up. Like, like as you said, we now need to, you know, show me the money. Isn't that great? A little less conversation, a little more action. Is that what you're saying? Oh, man. Great song, great movie. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> let, let me to answer a, a question that was <clears throat> that was filtered in there somewhere. Um, I I would definitely not say that this is rhetoric that's needed for a political agenda in the states in an election year. I think with everything going on, the the voters in the states could not care less about what the Trump administration is or isn't doing about nuclear energy. Unfortunately. Um, there's just way too, I mean, it's all eyes on COVID and riots and, and, and I mean, the, the, the Democrat versus Republican thing is it's so polarized. It's nuts. So, so, but what I'm, what I'm seeing from, um, from Dr. Baranwal, who's kind of uh, uh, running things as far as the nuclear push for the DOE um, underneath secretary Briette and a number of people that are, that were also took place in this, um, took part in this webinar. It feels very, very sincere and very positive as far as what they're stating that they want to do with nuclear energy. Um, so, to me, I don't really see this as uh, as a political agenda. It does seem sincere. Um, there was a gentleman that took part in the webinar as well, and I'm forgetting his name at the moment, but he clearly has been involved in this sector for for decades. And the frustration in his voice was palpable. And he's just, you know, he was saying things like the United States, like, like this is how empires fall. You know, <laughs> he was like, this is, this is, we will never be able to compete with the Chinese and Russians. If you're just talking about, you know, throwing a hundred, $200 million at this thing, we need to drop billions and it needs to happen right now. Like literally pounding the table. Um, so there's some very concerned people um, when it comes to, uh, the United States getting back at the getting back at the table with nuclear energy and and even having a leg to stand on when it comes to the nuclear field uh, globally. Good on it. A lot of lot I like, of I like the sound of that guy. I like the sound <laughs> yeah, of that yeah. guy. I'm getting <clears throat> angry. Um, well, look, you know, it, I I think that's all great news. Um, I don't know. It didn't seem to have much of an effect on uh, share price um, on the uranium side of things uh, this week. Um, Spot price right. hasn't really done anything either. Um, so, you know, again, you know, people onlookers, people looking in from outside, not, you know, people who aren't invested in this space yet, they're wondering, well, it's, it, it's same old, same old here. 2018, mm-hmm. 2019, all over. What would you say to them? Yeah. <clears throat> well, no, I disagree. I mean, it's, it's 2019 all over in the fact that the spot market is kind of quiet at the moment. Um, but there's so much going on that wasn't going on last year. I mean, we still, I was just talking about the overhang when it comes to utilities not acting um, with regards to the RSA, with regards to the Iran waivers, with regards to the presidential election. We still have the two largest uranium mines on the planet uh, shut down, uh, Cameco's Cigar Lake and MacArthur River, and we have Kazadam Prom shut down. Uh <laughs> 
we i mean there's so much uncertainty around how long these these supply curtailments will be lasting <clears throat> and i think that's a major overhang right now in the spot market i think that clarity on that uh will will continue to evolve um especially around kazadam prom uh, and I don't think this stuff's coming back online quickly, because um, Adam Prom. The main thing with them is is the 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 well field development, which has come to a, which is ground to a halt. Mm. So they've still got uranium pumping out at the moment, um, simply from maintaining fluid flow through their existing mines. But we're going to see all that impact that 10.4 million pounds that they um, estimate being cut from production for this year. That's all happening in the second half of the year. And I guarantee you 2021 is going to be lower for them too. So there's, there's still so much overhanging that, that it's, it, it, there's no wonder. Plus you have the utilities dealing with COVID and just keeping their, keeping their employees safe and their, then their plants operating. You know, they're, they're not out there necessarily worried about procurement. As we've seen, they have a little bit of inventory still they're sitting on. This stuff needs to pass before we really see that procurement cycle kick in. I think that's 2021, although we could see some stuff, some action happening, maybe Q4. Mm -hmm. But for now, a flat spot market is um, is very bullish in my mind. This is seasonally typically a weak moment uh, part of the year for uranium. And we've even seen the past two months, maybe the past three months, the end of the month smackdown that typically happens yeah, traders selling uranium into the market, trying to uh, secure their forward month pricing a little bit lower. Um, it dipped by 25 cents on Friday, and it is immediately bought up. And so that unbelievably positive sign for the spot market to stay flat here for a few months. If 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 it's flat or rising, watch out for Q4. That's well. That's what we put our yeah. money on. Yeah. That's what we've put our money on. Um, I can same here. You know. Um, yeah. So look, we 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 shall see. It it, it it's an interesting times for sure. I, I one note, and we did talk about this last week. And and energy fuels, this rare earth thing, just how serious are they? What are they doing? I couldn't help note a bunch of articles this week, and this one particularly caught my eye, which was that Steve Bannon, friend of Mr. Trump, has been trying to persuade him to nationalize um, the country's only uh, rare earths. Uh, mine, which is Mountain Pass. It's called Mountain Pass, where formerly owned by the bankrupt um, Molly Corp group. Mm. Rare Earths is coming to the fore. It's something that people didn't really understand, didn't really talk about. Uh, it's it's it was a you know it was a high you know high margin um, sector, but uh, all out of China. It's all out of China. Ninety percent out of out of China. So. Um, mm-hmm. I think the U.S. is starting to get serious here, and mm-hmm. I can't help but think of some of these moves that's going on by energy fields. I, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on these guys because I think there's something happening there at White Mesa, their their, pro, their their plant, which is able to process not only uranium and vanadium but these rare earths. And with um, oh crikey, is it Constantine Karyanopoulos? Um, there you go. I got it. Nice, nice. I know, done. I know. I'm dreading this moment for the for the last half hour, um, <laughs> but I got there. I don't think anyone noticed. Um, they, they, you know, that there's something happening there for sure. And I think that we talked about the senators who are involved in this, and our Steve Bannon, pretty high profile guy. 
they're getting serious about this, and there is only one mill in the U.S. that's going to be able to process this stuff. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what move is happening there. They've been very very quiet. I haven't heard from them for a few weeks. Um, but uh, what's your what's your take? Are you, are you hearing any noises re rare us in the, in the in the market? Given it's the same senators who are dealing with uranium that, that are talking about rare earths. I'm not necessarily hearing any any noises around it, but um, I think that the writing's on the wall where where thing the direction that things are going for for the domestic supply of of critical minerals. Um, <clears throat> you know, nothing at this point is is telling us that that things are about to calm down or or get more friendly between the U.S. and China, um, and which is the you know as you mentioned the primary supplier of rare earths and. They're hugely, hugely important, um, particularly for the U.S. military and munitions and things like that, but also for energy. Um, and, you know, say what you will about energy fuels. I, I think that that some some people love them, some people hate them. Um, I don't know if you there, there was this chart shared around Twitter a month or so ago showing the relative dilution of energy fuels versus UR Energy and a couple of other companies and. Dilution has been huge for anyone holding this for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really has, and that's unfortunate for for existing Existing. shareholders that are that are bag holding. But say what you will about them, they definitely seem to uh, stay on the pulse of of what's going on in the world and in in the states. And I think that they're making a smart move here with the rare earths. I do. Like I definitely, I, I I think they're very well connected with. With the U.S. DOE and and, you know and, and the powers that be in the states, and they're they're positioning themselves, I think, in an intelligent way. I think I think so. It just it just feels that way to me. So yeah, existing shareholders, maybe not happy, mind you, not too many in the uranium space are. Uh, but if you're looking at this from a new, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I, I'm I'm very interested. I'm watching. I'm just waiting. Yeah. For, I'm waiting for a couple more clues, and then um, that's something. That's something that that, in, that interests me. Um, mm. Well, look, Justin. I, I know it's the start of the day. You've got stuff to do. You've got writing to do. You've got to um, get out and talk to your your ever growing newsletter fan base. Congratulations, by yes, the sir. way. Uranium Insider is taking off. You're providing a thank you a wonderful service to people. And, and again, I would encourage people to. Go have a look at uraniuminsider.com. This is um, Justin uh, writes and manages and owns, and um, and uh, you know, and, and have a look around and, and maybe even subscribe. Um, so, Thanks, Justin, what are you going to let you go? But what are you what are you off to do? What's happening today apart from writing? Are you yeah. going to fit any family time in? <coughs> yes, that's 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 exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I've got probably another. Today's a big one for the newsletter email. It's, I've got like a 15 point bullet point list of things to cover and I'm about a third of the way through it. So I've got to wrap that up. I've got probably two hours of writing ahead and then um, then going to go to a barbecue with my wife and some friends. So that should be Beautiful. nice. Beautiful. Yeah. What fun. Yeah. fun. I went to a barbecue last night. My first, first time we've left the house Very in good. three months and went to my wife's sister's. So... <clears throat> You know, they, nice. they had a big barbecue. They just built this kind of big barbecue setup. And um, there's something called uh, the, the Big Green Egg or something like that. It's like a kind of a barbecue system. Literally looks like a big green egg. 
I've never heard of that. I know it's kind of apparently they tell me it's a kind of millennial thing, but it it was fantastic. We very we good. Had more meat than we needed to eat. A lot more wine than I needed to be drunk, and but we were doing the. I think the start of the evening was very social distancing. No, no, no hugging. No, no getting too close. Um, by the end of the night, the the, the rules had changed, um, mm-hmm. and the, yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, we'd let the side down. I have to say, Justin, and and this morning I, I yeah. felt quite <coughs> quite ill. I think I might have caught Corona. I think it may. Oh, I think it may have. Hung. <laughs> or it may have been a hangover, but it definitely felt awful this morning. But I have improved during the day, so it was short lived. Oh, good. Well, you're a quick, you're a quick heal. I know. Yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, there's there's definitely plenty of <laughs> hugging, hugging and handshaking happening in my world out here. There's, I mean, if you if you look at the media, you're scared shitless, and if you just go out in the, into the world and see your family and friends, like everything's fine. I hope so. I, I would say I'm honestly, yeah. I'm getting the feeling this thing's going to blow over because it's just. I think the mood is changing. Know. I think my yes. brother-in-law, uh, my sister-in-law, um, they've literally lined up the next every weekend. I mean, friends are every weekend more than they normally would, probably playing catch up a bit, yep. I guess. Um, yep. People are just want to get on. I, I'm not saying medically, I'm not advising people to do that, but I'm just saying the mood is that. Yes. And, um, exactly. You know, I think if you're a scientist or a, or a medical person and you're, you know, frontline, you're you're seeing some horrific things. But you've also, you know, the rest of the nation is is, um, I think, in the wants to get back to normality. So, oh, yeah. I, yep. I'm not telling people to do anything. I just think that that's just the mood, and you know, we're, we're certainly there. And it was nice to get out last night, and uh, I we don't regret Thank it, you. but uh, it was lovely. Absolutely lovely. Very good, sir. I love that. Well, look, you better get on with your writing. Go do some clever stuff. Go help people be better at understanding the world of uranium, making better investments, and we will catch up with you next week. Very good, sir. Always good to chat with you, buddy. Thanks, Justin.